0: This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Kallstrup and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Glory to God. We want to welcome all of you that are watching online. Hope you can join us sometime. Praise God. Be a part of what's going on right here. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Hey, Zach, could you just turn around? I just want to get one more view of that ugliness. Yeah. There you go, thank you so much. That really uh, edified me. <laughs> How many of you are glad to be here today? Yes. Glory to God, I tell you what, glory to God. This is a time to rejoice. You know, we're, we're in the middle of this uh, celebration of Jesus' coming, and I tell you, the church, the child of God, the believer, they ought to be excited. Okay. <laughs> Amen. We ought to be excited about what's going on. Glory to God. I mean, it is so cool what God has done in the sending of His Son nearly 2,000 years ago. And I tell you what, here we are on the threshold of His second coming. I tell you, we have so many things to rejoice and to be glad in. Glory to God. I tell you, if you don't get happy by the end of this service today, you're probably Well, I was going to say not saved, but I'd I'd be more likened to say you're probably dead, you know. So I know that's not the case, but we're going to do everything we can, praise God, to help and bless you. Can you say amen? Amen. Let's open our Bibles this morning to Matthew chapter 2. Hallelujah. Matthew, the second chapter. I tell you, I thank God for our music department, don't you? Amen. You ought to give him a round of applause. Amen. Not that that's what they're looking for or why they do it, but I tell you what, they give their lives up uh, in order to bless you. Praise God, it doesn't just happen. And uh, while everybody else is gonna be dismissed and go home, they start practicing. And then they're doing other things and all kinds of stuff. And so uh, we can be so thankful for what it is that they do. Hallelujah. I want you to pray with me and then we're gonna get into what I wanna share with you. Glory to God. Father, thank you today. This is your day that you made for us. Hallelujah. And, Father, we're going to rejoice, and we are going to be glad in it because we know, Father, that your plan and purpose is coming. It is being um, instituted right now. We're living in the middle of what it is that you planned and ordained before the foundation of the world. And so, Father God, it is with cheer, it's with joy, it is with hope, and, Father, it's with peace that we come to you today knowing, hallelujah, that our future is bright. And so we thank you for your blessing, we thank you for your goodness, and we thank you, Father God, hallelujah, for your mercy in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. You know, as we enter this season of Christmas, I mean, it is a time to celebrate the reality of fulfilled promise. Because in the Old Testament, we have all these prophecies that the Messiah or Jesus would come. And you and I are on the backside of this, and so we have the privilege of being able to rejoice in what it is that not only what God said, but what he did. Because we have a historical uh, fact that Jesus came as a man, that he gave his life. He bled and died and was raised from the dead. And thank God today you and I have the privilege of having the witness of his spirit within us knowing, thank God, that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so we can rejoice in that today. You know, the Bible says, um, you know, talking about his coming, that therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. He gave us a sign. He didn't give us just one sign. He gave us a lot of signs. But this one sign, he said, behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name. Emmanuel, which by interpretation means God with us. In another place he said, but you, Bethlehem Ephratah, though you be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth uh, to me The one to be the ruler of Israel, whose goings forth are from old, even from everlasting. In other words, from days of eternity. He's always been. And I tell you what, thank God, Jesus came, God himself came, Emmanuel, God with us, to visit men so that, thank God, we wouldn't have to live in darkness, that we wouldn't have to be bound by sin, so that we could have life and life more abundant, so that we could have the joy and cheer of God within our hearts, can you say amen? Amen. Come on now, you gotta help me a little bit here, I'm helping you, so you help me. You know, that's the way it works, you know, you just gotta kinda go with it. But here we are, thinking about the fulfillment of this promise, and not only that, but it's a time to rejoice in the reality of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Today you're sitting here if you're a child of God, you know with the witness on the inside of you that Jesus is real. A lot of folk don't know that. I didn't know that until I was 19 years of age. You know, all I knew him by is religion. And thank God he came and made his dwelling place within my heart and changed my life forever, just as he has so, for so many of you. Huh? I mean, praise God, I wouldn't even like you if I was still in the world. And you probably wouldn't like me either, but that's the way that goes. But the reality of him being a savior and his coming again, to anticipate, to prepare for the second advent. Come on now. We've already experienced one, but there's another one coming. Hallelujah. And, and to see him come as the king of kings and the Lord of lords. It's also a time for the believer to rejoice in the hope and in the joy, and in the strength, and in the glory that comes with knowing the master. Thank God, he always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. Glory to God, the greater one is on the inside of us. And yet so often we get our eyes on the things of the world and all of the things that are happening and we lose sight of what it is that he has done in us and who it is that he's made us to be and what it is that he has called us to do and to be a part of in this earthborn existence before he comes again. Come on now, I want you to shout a little bit because glory to God, he's coming again. And you ought to be excited about it. But unfortunately... For the vast majority of humanity, (laughs) these are not the things that they are the most mindful of at all. As a matter of fact, they're they're not mindful of it at all. Many of them, you know, are trying to do away with Christianity and godliness and everything that represents the king. But I tell you what, Jesus said, upon this rock I'm gonna build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. So as many as go out there to try to silence you, I tell you, Jesus said, if somebody doesn't shout, the rocks will. Hallelujah. So you and I are a part of that company. And thank God we don't have to be unaware of what it is that's going on in the world today. I mean, I'm telling you, this season right now, right here, right now, is something to shout about. It's something to celebrate, glory to God. But you know, again, so many people, they, they don't have a clue. Actually entitled my message, Don't Be Clueless. But the world doesn't have a clue. You know, all they think about is gifts and the planning and the schedules and the stress and the money. <laughs> the money. Yeah, how are we going to get this all to go around, this and that and the other? You know, the commercialization of, of Christmas has brought anything but peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Brings stress. I mean, you know, people are so jacked up, they don't know whether they're coming or going. They're forgetting the whole idea why we're here and what we're doing. Are you with me? Don't you think it'd be really cool if we could just unplug? You know, it's not really a bad idea. It's an interesting concept. Now, we didn't, we're, no, uh-uh, we don't do that. We rejoice in him. We celebrate his birth. We thank God for the fulfillment of what he promised. Glory to God. And not only that, but it gives us assurance and it gives us hope for what it is that he is about to do and the fulfillment of more promise that he has made to us as the children of God. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad for that this morning? You know, so the message I want to share to you uh, with you this morning is let's not miss out on what's really going on. During this season, you know, we're doing all kinds of stuff. We're trying to figure out how to spend money so we don't have to pay taxes, you know, before the end of the year. There's all kinds of stuff. And I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. Don't don't mistake what I'm saying. But our preoccupation with all of the other things that are in the world cause us to really miss the point. Are you with me? And as we're going to read here in a moment. You're going to discover, praise God, that a lot of things happened the same way when Jesus came the first time. You know, most of humanity missed what was going on; they didn't have a clue, and 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 you know, uh, so we don't want to have that happen. And I think more and more people are missing it now because people have become increasingly Godless. They're not mindful. You know, when Paul was writing in uh, uh, Romans, he made reference to the fact that because people did not want to retain God in their knowledge, by matter of choice, he gave them over to a reprobate mind, King James, or a mind that is void of judgment. And, and now in media, you can watch people, and they make statements, and you, you, you understand that they have, without certifiably, they have lost their minds Why? Because they are godless, because they have have no clue what it is that is really going on. They have bought the lie from the God of this world that has blinded their minds so that the glorious light of the gospel won't shine into their lives. But that's where you come in. Jesus said, hey, you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. He was the light of the world and is, but he has now called us to be the light of the world because of him being in us. Are you listening to me? So thank God we don't have to be, you know, <clears throat> well, we don't have to be ashamed. We don't have to any, be anything. But this season is a reminder of one of the greatest events that ever took place in human history. And when God himself came here to visit us, to visit man, a divine fulfillment of promise. Now, again, I said I entitled this, uh, you know, don't be clueless, but you know, you're reading the scriptures in the New Testament, and how many times do we hear the Apostle Paul make this statement, brethren, I would not have you to be ignorant. Huh? You know, in the church world, in the religious world, they don't want you to know anything. They just want you to, you know, get in lockstep with whatever it is that they're saying and whatever it is they want you to do, and you know, so you don't have to do anything. We'll just tell you what to do. Well, thank God he made it possible. He opened the door. He took that veil and ripped it from top to bottom, Praise God, and gave you the Holy Ghost so that you could know the will of God coming in, going out, and rejoice in the goodness of God, no matter where you are, what you're doing, or what state they that you're in, hallelujah, God has done something significant for you and you ought to rejoice, hallelujah. You ought to rejoice because of what it is that he's done. It's, I mean, woo, hallelujah. He said, I don't want you to be ignorant. Well, he was saying, I don't want you to be ignorant about those that, that go to sleep in Jesus. He didn't want us to be uh, ignorant about this corruptible, putting on incorruption, us being raised again by the glory of God. We'll be caught up. Hallelujah. Everybody say Yahoo. (laughs) Yeah, man, you're going to get caught up. If you're still here, when he gets ready to come, you're going to get caught up. Huh? You say, well, I don't believe that. Well, look at the Bible. Elijah was caught up. Enoch was caught up. The Bible says they were not, why? Because God took them. Right. Come on, yeah, I'm telling you what, you've got a rich inheritance that is awaiting you. Nothing but blue skies are coming my way. I don't know what that also, so. Leave the singing up to somebody else. But he said, I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to be ignorant. He didn't want us to be ignorant of spiritual things. He didn't want us to be ignorant of this and that and the other. All over in the scriptures, Paul, I don't want you to be ignorant. Well, God doesn't want you to be ignorant. And he doesn't want you to be asleep. Huh? You know? What's them dwarfs? Wasn't there one named Snoozy or something like that? Sleepy, Sleepy. that's close enough, hallelujah. Yeah. He don't want you to fit into that character whatsoever. God doesn't want the church to be ignorant of the will of God or the times that you and I are living in. God wants us to wake up. He wants us to see and not be lullabied to sleep by this world that you and I are living in. Notice with me, well, let's read our text because I haven't even found it. Did you find it? Luke chapter 2? Look what it says right here. No, not Luke. There you go. Just check and see if you knew what you're talking about. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1, And when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and are come to worship him. And when Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written, By the prophet, and thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor, Uh, that shall rule my people Israel. Well, then Herod, when he had privately uh, called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. But when they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they had saw in the east went before them until it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And then being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed unto their own country another way. Now, this is a fascinating kind of thing going on here. And the reason that I say that is, is, there's not a whole lot happening as far as prophetic word and fulfillment and any of those kinds of things. It's a very quiet and a silent time. But yet, right on the other hand, here is this fraternal order of wise men, uh, that traveled in groups of maybe 20 to 50, and they had seen this star, the Bethlehem star that we witnessed here, what was it, a year or two ago, when Jupiter, Venus, and Regulus all came together? Never happened for, I don't know, how you know, lots and lots of years. It's prophetic. Don't get all the—go ask Joel Morris about all the numbers, Okay. But it occurred, and it occurred on this occasion, and these men followed that star because somehow or another, through astronomy, they understood by those stars that a Messiah, a king, was going to be born. So they show up on the scene, everybody's clueless. They go to Herod, they say, hey, where's he at? And he goes, I don't know, where is he at? And he did all this inquiry and different things of that nature and so on and so forth. The Bible says that when these men found Jesus, he was a young child. So they didn't show up on his birth. When he was born, they seen the star and followed it. And as you know, Herod went and killed all the babies that were two years of age and younger throughout Bethlehem. So He had grown some by the time that these men showed up. But the point I want to make to you is nobody knew this was going on. I mean, you know, there's things that God's doing that you and I have no clue about. You know, while we look at all the things that are going on in this world all the time, God is meticulously, and I mean without fail, doing what it is that he is about to do. And that's why I pray, I tell you what, you can go to the bank on it. You can just settle it right now that I'm telling you the King of kings and the Lord of lords is on his way. Yes. So all the more reason for you and I to rejoice and to be glad. But most of humanity was clueless about his coming. You know, we don't think about this because we live in such a finite You know, life, you know, I mean, we're all going to live 70 to 100 years or whatever it is. And, you know, if you got a little more strength, maybe more or whatever. But that's not a long time. But, you know, there was not a word said for over 400 years between Malachi and John the Baptist. 400 years. So people are just going down the road to life, mind their own business. I mean, there's nobody, you know, prophesying, nothing's really happening. I mean, it's, it's, it's quiet. And all of a sudden, these wise men show up and say, hey, where's the king of the Jews? And I tell you, it caused quite a stir, no doubt about that. But even at that, you know, I mean, I mean most people didn't even know anything about it. It, 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 it occurred and, and things just went on. And we don't know anything about Jesus as far as involvement in earthly ministry until another 30 years. He's quietly growing and doing what it is that he's doing, but there were those people who were called of God to usher in the coming of the Messiah, and they were made to know what was happening, and all of them were astonished at some of the things that occurred. But all of it happened, and it occurred because of what God had already said would happen. Well, right now, you and I, we're living on the threshold of another coming. Yes. But, you know, the reality is, is people say, well, you know, the preacher's talking about this end time stuff. And, you know, he's pretty excited about it and all that and this and that and the other. But I don't know, you know. And so all of us, you know, we just kind of, you know, are lullaby. We're not really paying attention to what's going on, you know, because after all, we're saved and we're going to go to heaven. So what's all the excitement about? And we're missing it. I said, we're missing it. We're all jazzed up about politicians and corruption and all the things that are going on in the world. And yes, that's going to happen. You say, yeah, but how come God doesn't do something about it? Because he's got a whole lot bigger plan than that mess. And you don't have to concern yourself about it. He'll take care of it all. You know, when Jesus was talking one time, he said, don't be concerned about the guy that can kill the body. He said, you need to be concerned about the one who can throw you into hell. Are you with me? So while our lives may be uh, threatened, we may be persecuted, there may be all kinds of things that happen that we've never, ever witnessed in our lives before in this country. But I'm telling you this much about it, praise God. There is a God in heaven that wants you and I prepared for whatever comes our way, and that we are not removed, listen, from our own steadfastness. Don't you be caving like some bad habit because of some kind of little pressure that people put on you because you're a child of the living God. People are doing it all over the place, you guys. Come on. I'm telling you that right now is the time to stand up and be uh, strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And not be talked out of what it is that God is doing in the earth. Hallelujah. Don't be hanging around lukewarm Christians. They're not going to help you. They're not going to, they won't bolster you. They won't move you into the will of God. They want you to selfish, selfishly stay back in their little world and be whoever it is that they think they want to be. But we're not called to that. I said we're not called to that. Woo, glory to God. You know, I've already preached myself happy. I think I was happy before I showed up. But I'm telling you this much about it. There is a God in heaven that wants the church to wake up. Come on. I'm telling you. But I want you to get this. you gotta, you got to see this. 400 years of silence. Nobody, you know, nobody's really, I mean, they're just kind of, you know, going through the motions, doing what it is that they're doing. And now we stand on the threshold, as I mentioned before, of his second coming again. And again, people are without a clue. Turn with me to Luke chapter 2. Let's go over to Luke. Uh, <clears throat> Matthew and Luke are the two that uh, provide us with uh, the narratives of Jesus' birth. Look over here at Luke chapter 2. And let's, uh, again, you've got to understand we're just, you know, nobody. Nothing's being said. We ain't got no no miracles to speak of, or anything that's happened, anything on a great plane or level, or or anything of that nature. Notice now, if you look in verse twenty-five, and behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for, waiting for. Everybody say, waiting for. He's waiting for the consolation. Now listen, 400 years and nothing, and this guy's waiting. Yep. Now I would say he's an anomaly. In other words, he doesn't fit the mold. He's not doing like everybody else. But yet right on the other hand, he's being faithful and steadfast to God in his lifetime. And he's waiting for the encouragement or the consolation, praise God, of the Lord. Woo! And notice it says that the Holy Ghost was on him, and it was revealed to him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And so he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, in other words, he was circumcised on the eighth day, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, O oh Lord, now let you, let my, uh, your servant depart in peace according to your words, for my eyes have seen thy salvation which you have prepared, listen, before, all the fa- uh, before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Drop down to verse 36. And there was a gal by the name of Anna, a prophetess, a daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Aser. And she was of great age, and she lived with an husband seven years from her virginity, and she was a widow of about fourscore and four years. Now, I, you know I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking to myself, OK, did she get married? Then she lived for seven years, and then for 84 years she was a, a widow. That'd make her like 100, and I don't know what. But then I read another translation that said that her, her combined age was 84. Let's just put it this way: she was up there in years. Okay? Now notice what it goes on then to say. It says here, uh, <clears throat> uh, verse 37, She was a widow of about fourscore years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And she coming in that instant gave thanks likewise to the Lord and spake, hallelujah, of him to all them that looked. Looked for what? Yeah, for those that were looking for redemption, what are you looking for? Well, I'm looking for the biggest sale I can find, man. I got a bunch of stuff I got to buy. And I'm telling you what, I don't want to spend all that money, and I'm looking for at least 20% off. Well, okay. But she's looking for what? The redemption of Israel. He's looking for the encouragement or the consolation or the comfort of Israel. These people are looking to God. And they're looking for him. Now, you know, there's a scripture that I want to share with you. This thing has been coming up on the inside of me. I mean, repeatedly, 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 repeatedly. And here it is again. So you're going to get it. Are you ready? It says this. It says that Christ, so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many and to them that looked for him. Shall he appear a second time without sin unto salvation? In other words, this second coming is not for the purpose to deal with sin. He's coming for the salvation of mankind, for you and for me. And I tell you, dear God, please be watching. Please look for him in the way that you live and what it is you do and what it is you say. I was at some people's house here just this last week, and we were talking, I mean, just, you know, arbitrarily talking about something, and I don't know, somehow or another, it kind of worked around, you know, to where uh, I just dropped the bomb, baby. And I just said, hey, don't you know that Jesus is on his way? Amen. Uh, you know? <laughs> you know, I went into a little bit more of a spiel, you know, and talked to them about his second coming. Now, I know they're Christians, but they're nominal Christians. I mean, in other words, their brain is someplace else. God doesn't want your brain somewhere else, Jeff. He wants it right here, right now, engaged, involved, excited about the things of God. You know, Christianity is just not, you know, a part of your life. It is your life. The church is not a part of your life. It is your life. This is how we live, man. This is what we're doing. We're going to be the ones that are the bright and the shining light when Jesus comes. Glory to God. If he's looking for a, a, some type of an indication or whatever, a light, somebody's shining. Well, there, hallelujah. Are you listening to me? But if we've hit ours under a bushel, we got it under the bed somewhere because we're too whatever, whatever. Come on, no, we ain't doing that. I said, we ain't doing that. You say, I'm not doing that. I'm telling you what, praise God, we're not doing that. That's not the way that we're going to live because we stand on this threshold with him. Now, the reason I brought these two people up to you is, is that, you know, there are a lot of things that happen in Mary and Joseph's life and all of the things that happen, you know, I mean, this is right at the birth of Christ. They're bringing him in, you know, uh, for his circumcision, things of that nature, according to their law. And all of a sudden, these these two people, one, you know, they begin to prophesy, and the one says, You know, God showed me, and h- here he is. And Mary knows all this stuff. Nobody else knows any of this stuff. I mean, she's, she's lived with this whole thing, you know, throughout her young life and everything, you know, and I mean, all of a sudden these things are all. But most people don't have a clue, they don't know anything about all of this. But she did, and Joseph did. Are you listening to me? You know, when he was born, they had to flee to Egypt because of Herod. You know, all of the things that are going on, but but there's just this this handful of people that, that know anything about this. Now, she did prophesy to those, again, that are looking for redemption in Israel. What's that mean? Well, evidently, they were, you know, there at the church at the time and so on and so forth, you know. In other words, they were being faithful. They were being steadfast. They were where they belonged. And so because they were there, hey, they got a word from heaven. I said they got something from God. And so it is with us today. We need to be about the Father's business. We don't need to be in 45 other places we need to be where he is and what he's doing. Are you listening to me? Amen. Hallelujah. When you're looking for redemption, when you're looking for rec- uh, encouragement, I'm telling you what, it invokes a different set of priorities. It, it, I mean, it just does. <laughs> Betty, let earrings rings. They're just the bomb. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if I didn't know any better, I'd think I was... Never mind. <clears throat> it invokes a different set of priorities, behavior, and lifestyle. In other words, it gives you a whole different set of rules about your attention. Are you with me? And, and here's the thing you've got to understand, you guys. All of, this, all of these things that God is doing... Are according to this specific timetable. And he's telling the church, hey, get ready. I'm coming again. Watch and be about the Father's business. Be engaged in what God is doing. And his timing is flawless. No, that no one knows the hour of the day, but I'm telling you what, we're close. Are you with me? I was just thinking about it. Uh, you know, my wife is so excited about the twenty first day of December. Does anybody know what that day is? Huh? <laughs> yeah. Huh? Happy birthday? No, that my birthday's on the twentieth. This is the day after. She don't care about that birthday. She's she's concerned about, you know, <clears throat> uh, 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 the winter solstice. Huh? on the 21st day of December. It happens every year on the 21st day of December. And someplace, Stonehenge in London, whatever, the day is seven hours and 42 minutes and like 38 seconds. Now, who does that? You know, we were, you know, rolling down the road here the other day and Joe says, man, look at that moon. That thing is beautiful." And I said, yep, and it does it every 28 days. Tick-tock, 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 tick-tock. You don't think God knows what's going on and when things are gonna happen and how it's going to happen and how he's gonna do what it is he does? I'm telling you, praise God, he knows to the minute second about what it is that's gonna happen. And then you get to March the 20th. Does anybody know what that is? Well, the real name. Huh? So we have the summer solstice. Huh? And then we have what? Huh? Let's see. Summer solstice. And the vernal equinox. Yeah. It happens on the... 20th of March. You say, well, what in the world is that? That's when when we're rolling around the sun the way that we do, that all of a sudden this thing is tilted to where the sun is directly down onto the equator. You guys are learning a lot today, aren't you? Huh? But here's my point. It happens every year. After year after year, for hundreds and thousands of years, that's the God you serve. You know, so I'm reading the genealogy. Have you all get, you get excited about reading the genealogy in Matthew? Most time people say, "Oh, that's a good way to go to sleep." And that would probably be accurate. But you know, when you read the genealogies, you discover a lot of different things. That there was 2,000 years from Adam to uh, Abraham. And from Abraham to Christ, the Bible says that there was uh, 42 generations. Did you know that? Because actually it breaks it down from, let's see now, I gotta get this right. I'm not a numbers guy, but I'm working on it here. So from Abraham to, I'm gonna say David. I don't know if that's right or not. There's 14 generations. And then there's another 14 generations. I'm going to do it that way because then I don't have to figure out what it was. And then uh, from there to Messiah, another 14. 42 generations over about another 2,000 years. Huh? So here Jesus shows up on the doorstep after 4,000 years, give or take some. You know? Now, here we are 2,000 years later. Now I'm going to read this scripture to you see if this helps you at all, but uh, you just uh I got to find it here yes yeah, chapter six Hosea chapter six and verse two the, I mean Hosea, you guys and and you know I read them scriptures to you out of Isaiah they were seven hundred years before Jesus showed up. you said, well I don't want to wait seven hundred it doesn't matter what you want." You know, this is not about you. It's about him and what it is that he's doing. Well, you know, I just don't think he should have done it that way. Again, nobody cares, man. It's not about what you think. But he was doing these things, prophesying these things, bringing them to pass. And here we read in Hosea in verse 2, it says, after two days. Now, remember one day is what, as a, and a thousand years is what? One day. So in verse two he says, after two days will he revive us. And then it goes on to say, in the third day he will raise us up and we will live in his sight. Baby, we got it going on because he's coming again. And it goes on then to say, and then we will know if we follow on to know the Lord is going forth as prepared as the morning. And he shall come unto us as the rain and as the latter and the former rain unto the earth. Woo! Glory to God. I'm telling you, you got a reason to rejoice. So if you're sad, you can get glad. You say, yeah, but that don't do nothing for what I got going on in my life. You know what? If you get more enthused about this thing here, maybe God could do something about your messed up, goofed up life. And I don't mean to be, you know, mean about it, but sometimes we're looking at the wrong thing. Hallelujah. See, the Bible says that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of God will raise up a a standard against him. And if we'll start believing that, then God can begin to move in our lives in a dynamic, powerful, wonderful kind of way. We're not those that are drawing back unto perdition or destruction. We are of those that believe, glory to God, unto the saving of our souls. There is coming a day, my friend, when Jesus is going to come and he's gonna receive us unto himself. Hallelujah, and we will forever be with the Lord. So don't be caught asleep. Can you say amen? amen? Woo! Glory to God. But it invokes a different set of priority, behavior, lifestyle, and, and, you know, all of these things, they were perfectly orchestrated. The stuff that's going on, you guys, you see all of these nations that are coming together, you know, and they're building these alliances and people are going stupid and doing all kinds of things. Dude, it's the combination of all things. Now, you can say, well, my God, you know, the earth is, you know, all the climate, you know, tree huggers are all, you know, stirred up about climate and whatever. Dude, you don't have to worry about that. Man will destroy this place before climate ever becomes a problem. Just saying. You say, well, maybe you shouldn't say that. Well, why not? Everybody ought to be entitled to what they think. I think I'm right. Huh? Are you with me? well whatever that's worth praise god but all of it listen to you listen to me you guys all of it is being orchestrated by his plan and his purpose not men's men have their ideas and they don't have a clue are you with me and that's why it's important. And, and why am I saying this to you? You need to get yourself, you know, centered around these truths instead of, you know, always up in the air like a fox in the hen house and everybody's just flying around trying to figure out, my God, what are we going to do? I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going we're to follow him. We're going to serve him. We're going to do the will of God. Praise God. And he's going to come and he's going to receive us into himself. Why? Because that's what he promised. That's what he said. And I guarantee you that's what he's going to do. Are you with me? So we don't have to be all wrought up, knotted up, tied up, bunched up, or any other up. But thank God we can rejoice. Yeah, I understand these things can threaten your livelihood. They can threaten a lot of different things, but I'm telling you what, Jesus is still Lord. He is our refuge and our strength, and he is an ever-present help in the time of trouble. Hallelujah! Though the earth be removed, Huh? You know what about them scriptures? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. read them. Hallelujah. Well, I don't even know what to do with this now, man. This is awesome. So what do we do here? Well, there's another perfectly timed and orchestrated plan at work to bring the return of Jesus again. So, so, so knowing that, listen, listen, listen. N- there ought to be a response from the church, from you and I, from, from us. If, if we know these things, it should, it should, it should, it surely ought to cause faith to rise up within our hearts. Come on. I mean, praise God. Like I said, we're not not going the wrong direction. We believe God. Over and over in the Scriptures, we're admonished, we're encouraged, we're exhorted. God over and over is telling us, come on, believe the prophets. You'll be established. But, But the things that God has said the things the prophets have said, the things that we see happening, all of the signs, all the signals, everything that's going on for somehow or, I mean, for whatever reason, it seems to get past us. We don't keep our eyes on that stuff. We're looking at all the stuff that's going on in the world. Are you with me? It ought to cause faith to rise in our hearts. Because we know that it should cause rejoicing, happiness, cheer, and peace, and hope within us. It should drive behavior that is honorable and pleasing to Him. Come on, you guys, let's put on our track shoes and let's run for Him. Let's do it for Him. Let's respond to Him. Let's obey Him. If there's stuff in our life that doesn't belong there, glory to God, let's get it out. Stop making excuses. Stop trying to reason why it's okay. If it's ungodly, it's not okay. You got to kill it. You know you want to live free. That's what you do. I'm thinking about, just came to me. But I'm thinking about George and Sharon Howard here. They've been in the church for almost, uh, well, since the beginning of time. Almost 44 years. They came to our church when we were in a basement in some people's house. Did you ever, let's see, where were we first? We were at, did you ever come to uh, Danker's house? Were you ever at uh, Daryl Nadine Danker's house? No, you went to Gary's. Okay. So... We're about three, four months down the road in this newborn church, and here they come. And uh, they're turned on to the Word, and they love Jesus. And I watched them. We went up to their lake home. And George had the best booze on the planet before he got saved. It's okay. Relax. This is a good story. So, you know, and, and of course, you've got to have your booze bar. You know, you go into these, you go into all these. Uh, my wife and I, we were looking at the possibility of maybe buying a second home, you know, a vacation place. You go in and I got these booze bars, Bill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and of course, it's got a cabinet under there for all your stuff or you can put it up here or whatever it is you want to do. But, you know, we got a little, you know, ice maker, what, you know, whatever. Well, they had one of those. And I watched this couple, well, actually, it was a celebration, glory to God. Got all that booze from, and I don't know how much it must have been. It was a lot of money. I mean, it was worth a lot of money. Got all that booze out from underneath there, underneath that counter. Put it up on the counter, hallelujah. And we had a going-away party for all the booze. And they poured it down the drain. Y'all ought to shout hallelujah. Why? Because, praise God, they got set free in Jesus' name. Are you with me? I remember when my wife and I, we got saved, we had more 8-track tapes than you can shake a stick at. You said, what's that? If you don't know, it doesn't matter, okay? (laughs) But, I mean, we had vinyl uh, uh, albums and all kinds of stuff, man. And we were at this Bible study, and everybody brought their, their music, all their stuff. And I'm not talking about a little bit. It wasn't 50,000 pieces of silver, you know, like in the New Testament. But it was a lot of money. And we burned it in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Hallelujah! Yeah. You ought to be more excited about that than me. Yeah. He said, no more of this. All of the suggestions, all of the, 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 the rebellion, all of the hell, everything that is written within the words. You know, these, all these rockers and everybody, listen, you guys, they've had help. Yeah. Yes. They got help to write all this stuff. Why? So he can send them to hell. There's a bunch of them now, you know, they're getting up in their 70s and they're, they're starting to drop. I pray God they find a place of repentance before they breathe their last breath. And people say, ah, nah, you know, what are you all stirred up about? Listen, my friend, don't be deceived. If you think that means nothing, you're being lied to. Are you with me? You know, people say, well, you're just a fanatic. You know, you're just, you know, whatever, over the top or whatever. No, all I'm doing, dude, is listening to the Holy Ghost on the inside of me. And he said, this stuff doesn't belong in your life. And I'm telling you that in these last days right here, right now, my friend, the same thing applies. Huh? (laughs) Okay. Praise the Lord. Where were we? Oh, it should drive behavior. If we know this, if we know he's coming again, and he is, then it ought to, I'm coming to the end, just, you know, hang on. I can already tell people are starting to disconnect, you know. You say, you do? Oh, yeah, man, I can tell all the time. You know, people, they reach a threshold, and they go, man, I'm hungry. You know, or whatever it is that they got going on, or, you know, whatever. How long is he going to talk, you know? I remember when we first got saved, we went to church. We'd have three-hour services, and nobody would gripe about nothing except the people on the outside. And they'd say, my God, what on earth do you do at church for three hours? Well, a lot of times we'd worship God for 45 minutes or an hour. You know, I was just getting tuned up. And then we'd preach, and we'd do all kind of stuff, man. And I mean, it'd be two, two and a half, three hours, easy. And we'd have these... (laughs) We'd have these dinners that we were supposed to go to at noon, and we would we just said, don't wait well they didn't it was discourteous you know to just start without us, so they would wait, but they would not be happy while they were waiting. <laughs> Are you listening to me? why because I'm telling you what praise God, we were in it to win it. hallelujah, and you need to be the same way today in it to win it and so it drives a behavior that's honorable and pleasing to him. It should solicit a watching and a waiting from the church with attention. You know, when the general walks in someplace, somebody will go, you know, and all of a sudden, and they're paying attention. Why? Because he's here. Well, I'm telling you, you need to pay attention because he's coming and he's here. You know what I mean? Come on. So, and not only that, it ought to solicit an urgency within the church to declare these things in the world. You know, that, that little incident I had last week, I said, man, he's coming again. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's coming. No, I said, he's coming again. We need to get excited about what it is that God's doing in the earth. Hallelujah. You know, well, then they immediately went into all the stuff that's going on in the world. I said, no, man, he's coming again. That's what happens. We, we, we you know, we, we kind of default to this stuff. Are you with me? Really? Okay. Um, Turn to uh, Luke chapter twenty one. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) <laughs> y'all glad you came? Yes. notice what it says here Jesus says a lot of things you can read them if you you know have time here in chapter 21 about the uh, end of days but in 21-34 he said and take heed to yourselves lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting drunkenness and the cares of of this life, so that the day comes on you, what? Unaware. Now, I don't know, what the, what's up there? You got the King James. Surfeiting. What's that? Overindulgence? Uh, anybody's Bible translation say something different? Surfeiting? Overindulgence? Maybe? Carousing. Yeah. You know, the partygoers. You know? I'm telling you guys, don't be deceived. I mean, we're right up on this deal. And when people say, well, you know, where is the sign of his coming? Everything seems to be going the way. Remember, there was 400 years of silence before Malachi got done and and John the Baptist showed up. So while you're, you know, thinking, well, you know, everything's cool or whatever the case might be, all the time there are these things that are absolutely going in God's timing and timepiece, and he's going to bring them to pass. So what you don't want to be doing is thinking, well, you know, I'm just going to act like the world, you know, and whatever, scoffing at the whole, you know, thing about Christianity and why is that such a big deal and how come you know you're all this and that and the other, because he's coming again. The king is coming again, and we ought to be excited about it. Can you say amen? amen? But notice he says here, make sure that you don't let your heart become overcharged with carousing. What's the next one? Uh, drunkenness and the cares of this life. Because, you, you, you know, you can sit there and you say, well, thank God. I don't carouse and I don't drink. What about that last one? Huh? What about that, Charger? What do you think about that? Cares of this life. You need to be careful about what you allow into your life. With me? Because a lot of times, things can be well-meaning, but they're not healthy. And that's all I'm gonna say about that. You know, you have, you have the Holy Ghost in you, and you know, praise God. Oh, well, you know, no. You know, that's, it's not that big a deal, really. You sound like the devil. Isn't that what he did to, to Adam and Eve? He says, has God really said? Doesn't that sound like the same tune? Oh, no, it's not that big a deal. Dude, I'm telling you what, you've got problems in your life. I mean, stuff that's in your life don't belong there. You need to get it out. And, and, and yeah, but you know, God, I'm, I, you know, I just wish God would deliver me. He's already delivered you. And what you need to do is make a decision, dear friend, about what you're going to do about it. Huh? It's so easy to be deceived as though, you know, and abdicate responsibility off on either someone or something else. And it's right here. And yes, if you need help, God will help you. But you've got to get in. And you got to say, all right, that's that. This is enough. We're not doing this anymore. Amen. And kill it. Pour it down the drain. Burn it. Do whatever it is you've got to do to get it out of your life so that God can be glorified in what it is that you do and what you say. Amen. Everybody say, I can do it. Can. You can flat out do it. Why? Because greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. So, you can do all things. So, he's coming. He's coming a second time. So, let's believe. Let's get ready. Let's do our part. Hallelujah. To those that look for him, shall he come a second time. Not for the purpose of sin, but rather for the salvation of mankind. Let's do what we can do. Let's pray. Let's proclaim. Let's participate. It's time, you guys. I said, it's time. The timetable, baby, we're in it, we're on it, we're right there. And I don't know what that time frame is. You know, you talk to some people, you say, well, man, are you a conspirator, a conspiratist? Are you whatever? I don't know, man. All I know is he's coming. People say, well, you know, 2028, 2029, 2003. I don't know and I don't care. I'm just going to be ready. And say, hey, I've been looking for your glory to God. Instead of saying, Well, how long can I put off my junk? No, we don't want to do that, man. We want to get after it. Are you listening to me? How many are glad you came? I gotta stop preaching. You guys are good. And it's only eleven oh four. Why don't you stand with me? Thank you, Lord. Well, so this holiday season, let's let's change our tune a little bit, shall we? Let's look at things a little bit differently in life. Let's make sure that we understand the reason for this season. Celebrate it with your kids. Are you with me? You know, whether you realize it or not, they've been conditioned. Man, I wonder what I'm getting for Christmas. I've been asking for this and I want that. And and their whole brain is 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 in that deal. What do you want? What you want to do is you want to take their little brains and say, hey, time out. Let's talk about the real reason for this season. Set them down, tell them the story. You know, let them know. And it may not just be one time that that needs to happen, it may be several. You know, whenever we open our gifts, before the gifts get opened, we pray. And we take time to to exalt and magnify Jesus for all that he has done, all that he has given, all of the things that he has provided for us, our health, our well-being, our homes, our family, everything that, you know, all of this, you guys, it's from him. And so we ought to take time to stop and say, God, we just want to thank you for what it is that you've done. A lot of folk ain't doing that. I said a lot of folk don't do that. But thank God you can. So I hope during this holiday season as we move through and do all these things, you know, that we'll really, you know, give some attendance to, I, I think at the end of the day, the encouragement is, is that this happened. That Christ came and he gave his life so that we could live. That promise was fulfilled. And there's another one coming that he's going to fulfill the same. So let's be like Simeon. Let's be like Anna. Let's be like those that are looking for his return. Can you say amen? Amen. And I tell you what, we'll be blessed. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Oh, we're so grateful, Father, for every promise that you've allowed to escape your lips. The things, Father, that you have done and provided for us. How that you have delivered us with such a great salvation. And Father God made us who we are. Today, Father, as we pray, I wanna thank you, Father, for your divine grace in all of our lives. And in these days, weeks, and months ahead, Father, may we be of those, Father God, who have our lamps trimmed and our lights burning. That, God, we are declaring and proclaiming the name of Jesus. And that we are those, Father, that believe to the saving of the soul. That we're not drawn back, Father God, but we're pushing forward and pressing in to what it is that you have planned for us, Father. Because all the stuff that we can do in this life, Father, amounts to nothing when it comes to what it is that you've done for us. So, God, I thank you for an incredible year In 2023, I thank you, Father God, for great grace to rest upon the church. Magnificent, wonderful, powerful, miraculous things occurring within and upon and even without outside the church. And Father God, I just thank you for your wonderful grace in every one of our lives. In Jesus' name. While you're standing there with your heads bowed, eyes closed... Hallelujah. Let's just look to the Lord for a moment in our own personal heart and lives. Hallelujah. I just want to give you the time to say, God, I've I've heard something here and it it invokes a commitment or a decision or a whatever, you know, to to do differently in, in certain areas of my life. Lord, I want to unplug some of the things that I have felt were so important I want to do some things differently so that my attention can be on you. Just take a moment here together as a church and even those of you watching online. Hallelujah, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, thank you, Father. Help us to seek you, Father, more fervently, with more intention. Lord, help us to get out of those habits that maybe aren't the most profitable in our lives and. Bring some things around. Do some things differently. Thank you for your blessing, Father. While your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed, no one's looking around, please. If you happen to be here this morning, you've never asked Christ to come into your heart, I want to give you the opportunity because, like I said, he's coming again. And the Bible says that whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So it's not a matter of leaving it up to God. It's a question of what is it that you've done with your heart? Have you given it to him? Have you surrendered your life to him? Have you asked him to forgive you and and be Lord? If you have never done that, while heads bowed, eyes closed, you say by your uplifted hand, Pastor, would you pray for me? I have an interest in your prayer. Can I see your hand as I look anywhere across the crowd that's here this morning? You may be watching online and maybe you've never asked Christ to come into your heart. This is the time. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time, not later. Hallelujah. Anybody, before we pray. Everybody pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Lord, Lord, I love you. And I thank you for salvation in my life. If there are those that have never asked him, Lord, I pray for them. And I ask them to let him in their heart. Let him be Lord so they can really live. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. All right, you may be seated. Bless you.